0: Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. Thank you all for joining us here on the BetUS NBA show. We have Josh C., Alex Christensen, and I'm Kate Constable with you here. Alex, you are just glowing today. There's something about you just radiating. What's going on?
1: Well, for those of you that may or may not know, the Lakers are out of the playoffs. <laughs> we did it. That they are. We Why did does it. that
0: make you so happy?
1: All the reverse jinxing, and it's, you know, the bet was fun. It was one of those bets where I really did see an edge. I mean, people were looking at this Lakers team, and on some level, I bet both sides of it. You know, I have a Frank Vogel coach of the year ticket in my pocket, because if this really worked out, he would be somebody that would do it. So, you know, you take some big swings, and on the other side, though, it was – If there's a little more injuries, if Anthony Davis does his Anthony Davis thing, you know, if LeBron finally starts to pick up some mileage and maybe Russell Westbrook doesn't really work and like all these players and sure enough, we're here and it's not just that that it's not just that I was right. It's I just hate the Lakers. I can't stand them. It's ridiculous. They're out there with the Lakers as their name. Like, everybody says that Utah Jazz is dumb. The Los Angeles Lakers, the Minnesota Lakers made sense, and they dragged it out to Los Angeles. They still left it as the Lakers. It's nonsense. Those four titles for Minnesota don't count. You guys are goons. Just, you know, I hope you're all crying.
0: <laughs> Judge, do you feel as strongly as Alex does uh, having joy that the Lakers are out of the playoffs?
2: I, I do. I, I guess I'm just not as emotionally invested or financially invested, so potentially that has a part to play in itself. As it's a Celtics um, fan, you should be pretty happy. I, I am very happy, I can assure you. I, I'm not sure if viewership is going up or down with this opening segment at the moment, but um, <laughs> hey, I, I, oh, I can no, assure you both, both
1: of
2: us are enjoying it. I, I love it. I you know, have been smiling for probably the last two months of this Lakers season, pretty much since the All-Star break resumed. Just watching it sort of tumble from bad to worse to even worse somehow is still. So, yeah, I can't say I feel bad for the fans either. You know, this is this is reality for you guys now, unfortunately. I don't know what the fix is at the moment either for next season. I don't know how it gets significantly better. Um, but hopefully that, um, that Mickey Mouse bubble title was worth it.
0: Do we still count the Mickey Mouse bubble title? Every
1: title has some sort of thing where somebody was hurt or something goofy happened. The bubble title is, a, is an obvious example of that, but I, as much as I like deriding the Lakers, I don't give them too much guff for the counting the bubble title again. It's much better than counting those garbage Minnesota Lakers titles.
0: Okay, I'm very fair there. I, I was very happy to see the Lakers lose last night, um, but a little less happy that they stuck with the Suns through the first quarter, midway through the second quarter because one of my plays yesterday was Suns first quarter minus four and a half and uh, and the lakers you know uh gave them a run for their money in that first quarter so as much as we're happy about the lakers losing yesterday was kind of a rough day for us here on the show two and seven overall the timberwolves got just absolutely crushed by the wizards yesterday and josh you had two two plays on the wolves I had their team total. Chris took their first half team total for the Timberwolves. That was the only one of all four of those bets that hit yesterday. So what went wrong with the Timberwolves?
2: Yeah, they kind of just showed up thinking that that's all they had to do to win. And the Wizards were happy enough to play spoiler, it seems. I mean, they they got red hot offensively and Minnesota did nothing defensively to try and stem that. Instead, just tried to essentially win a shootout. And unfortunately, they went cold first. So. They didn't win at all, and it's just really strange to see, given the magnitude of the game, with Denver losing in San Antonio, the opportunity to move within the game of the Nuggets, uh, you know, heading into these final couple of games for each respective team. So that was a bad loss for Minnesota, plain and simple. Um, uh, you know, there's there's no, I think, positive spin to have on that one, and you know, ultimately, the game script in itself, I think, was somewhat expected I mean it was played at the pace that I anticipated it's just I didn't think that the Wizards would get that hot and and remain hot for the entirety of the game Um, whereas you know Minnesota were the team that ultimately went cold didn't do anything defensively to get the stops and you know paid the price in the end
0: yeah the Wizards team total 132 that would have been great if the roles were reversed and that was the Timberwolves final score but not the way things played out yesterday Things also didn't play out very well in the Cavs' favor. Uh Chris had the minus eight and a half and they lost outright yesterday to uh who was it? The magic? Yikes, that's not a good look for Cleveland, especially needing some wins down the stretch. Alex, what were your some of your plays yesterday and how did those go?
1: Just two totals. Um, had the rare kind of late push. Had the Hawks Raptors over two twenty six. Got a final bucket there to get it right on the number. And then also had the over in the Grizzlies Jazz game. That was much more comfortable. That closed, I think, in the range of like two twenty six, two twenty seven as well, and was over in the two thirty six range. So thanks everybody uh, at the books for hanging. Uh, jazz and uh, Grizzlies total less than two thirty.
0: And Josh Grizzlies yesterday finally did not cover, and the Jazz. Got the cover yesterday in overtime that, that one was a little scary and to be honest i wasn't super confident in your jazz pick yesterday but i'm glad that you proved me wrong
2: that was uh that was an unnecessary sweat again they <laughs> you know took a pretty decent lead in that fourth quarter and then proceeded to melt down the stretch and uh, a lot of it wasn't them. I don't think. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies finished the game hitting five straight threes, and Jaron Jackson Jr. hit back-to-back threes, and then you know you got that tip-in late to force overtime, which ended up being a blessing. But you know, there was <laughs> there was a lot of bad shots from Memphis down the stretch that just went in, and ultimately, you know, the Jazz had to deal with that and were able to steady it in overtime, which was good to see. So. You know, Utah still remain a really good team at home. Unfortunately for them, they probably aren't going to be playing at home in the first round of the playoffs. Well, at least not with home court advantage. So, you know, I, I don't see them going particularly far as a result because I don't think they're going to be able to fix those road woes anytime soon.
0: Yeah, uh, they are home tonight, though, and they are 15-point favorites, opened at 17-point favorites over the Thunder, but... Uh, Conley and Donovan Mitchell both out for the Jazz tonight, so that's not a game we're necessarily going to touch on. We don't have any official picks on that game, but uh, we can answer questions on that game or any others that you guys throw in the chat feature throughout the show. We will get those uh, answered as soon as uh, we talk about these three games here. We'll jump right into things. Looking at our overall record, which as of yesterday or after yesterday, I should say, isn't as good. Quite a few losses on the board for us. But Alex, you are very, very close. To catching Chris, a good day for you today would be obviously very helpful with him not on the show, but things are getting right down to the wire. How are you feeling going into the final three games of the season?
1: I continue to be optimistic. I'm just about half a unit behind Chris, if you're looking at it that way. And then my win-loss record, you know, wins over total picks, just about .8 of a percent behind him. So it's going to be tight. And, uh, you know, I've got today and tomorrow to catch it up. And then he'll be here on Friday, see what he can do. So a little nervous that, you know, he kind of gets to go last, but I'll be fine.
0: All right. Well, let's kick things off talking about the Mavericks and the Pistons. And, Alex, you have a play in this game. And it's for the Pistons to cover, which they've been doing great as of late. They're 8.5-point dogs on the road. Total in this game is 218.5. So, Alex, tell me why you like the Pistons to cover tonight.
1: Not only are the Pistons covering, they're winning games for some reason. You would think that, (laughs) you know, again, they're they're still the bottom three record, which gives them the same amount of ping-pong balls as everybody else. But with Oklahoma City barreling closer and closer every day, you'd think maybe they'd have punted the Oklahoma City game at least the other day. I mean, It's going to be very interesting at Detroit if they end up at the fourth spot in the lottery instead of you know, in the top three lottery odds. But it's fun to watch a young team that, that cares. They're playing really good basketball. They're starting to gel a little bit. I think maybe the value of some of those veterans that from a basketball perspective don't make a ton of sense have kind of helped get some of these younger guys through the season. You look at the spot for Dallas here. It's the last game of a road trip before going home to kind of play Portland and San Antonio to kind of finish out the season here. A lot of games for them recently, a lot of close games, you know, the win over the Bucks being their most recent victory there, just a, a huge letdown spot for Dallas altogether. And Detroit playing some nice basketball. So they, they, I, I have this well within the number, honestly, I had it closer to five or six. So happy to take the eight and a half.
0: You mentioned that the Pistons aren't just covering, but they're winning. They've won their last three. It matches their longest winning streak of the season. Josh, do you also like the Pistons tonight. Uh, what do you think of, uh, I'm taking them to cover?
2: Yeah, I just I can't really get to this number. I, I got in at 9.5. I think even 8.5 is still rich. Uh, I sort of come between seven seven and a half here. Uh, basically, just going to regurgitate a lot of what Alex said in that it's just a bad spot for Dallas. The tail end of this East Coast road trip um, off of a big win, a couple of games at home against Portland, San Antonio to finish things off. So, you know, they're also in this position where I think they're gonna settle into the four C. For them to get to the three C they need some favors, you know, to go their way. Golden State to drop a game, which is possible, I guess, given that they still have San Antonio and New Orleans on deck, and those two, you know, aren't necessarily locked into their spots either and both will want to secure home court for that first round of the plane. So I think, you know, Dallas probably eke out a win here. It's just not going to be particularly convincing. The Pistons will do enough to hang around. They get Cade Cunningham back tonight, which is obviously a big plus for them um, and helps them immensely at both ends of the floor. I still think he's a pretty underrated defender for them as well on the perimeter, given his size and length there. So. You know, I think there's a realistic world where Detroit comes out and probably leads uh, for you know a majority of this game before eventually you know the Mavs are able to sort of click in in the second half, turn their defense up a notch, and ultimately get the job done. But you know, when it comes to the points, this is just too many. I think for Detroit to be catching at home in a situation and spot like this for Dallas,
0: Pistons are also resting Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olynyk, uh, Marvin Bagley, and Corey Joseph tonight. So some of their better players, but I I don't think that. Really matters in this case because then you have some younger players that step in and this is their time. This is when they get those extra minutes and so they want to come out and play harder and kind of show what they can do. So I like your guys's play. Pistons uh, plus eight and a half to cover over the maps tonight. The Wizards and Hawks. Wizards coming off of that big upset win over the Minnesota Timberwolves yesterday. Tonight they're uh, big underdogs again. 10 point dog in Atlanta. And Atlanta lost last night to the Toronto Raptors. So, Josh, we'll start with you on this one. What's your play in this uh, Wizard hawks game?
2: Yeah, I like the Hawks to come home strong here and pretty much, you know, get things back on track for them. They're in an interesting situation where they kind of need wins at the moment um, for seeding purposes in the play, and there's still a chance at finishing in the 7-8 seed. Uh, level with Brooklyn could realistically catch Cleveland as well given the tailspin that the Cavs are in at the moment uh, and you know the schedule that they still have to play out as well so winning games is absolutely still extremely important for Atlanta at the moment the Hawks coming off of that really big win in Minnesota you know, flying to Atlanta now, I don't think it's something that they can back up. I mean, you look at when they beat Dallas and blew the gates off you know, against Dallas the other night, they then go to Boston and get you know, the absolute crap beat out of them, essentially, to put it politely. So uh, I can see something similar here happening for sure. The Hawks have been pretty strong uh, returning home from sort of an East Coast road trip to an East Coast home game, especially in the first half. Uh, if they put that level of separation between them and Washington like they have done Uh, Against most sides in the opening 24 minutes, I think they're ultimately going to just run away with this one down the stretch. The Wizards aren't exactly in a situation to show much resistance, I don't think, and you know, given their situation and spot right now as well, not just the back-to-back, the three and four, and a lot of travel involved in that, uh, I can see them essentially laying down if this one gets to a point where they are tinkering around that minus 10, minus 10 and a half range anyway. So, for me, a perfect bounce-back spot for Atlanta, I think offensively they should be able to get what they want here. I think the Wizards offensively aren't going to be able to replicate what they did in Minnesota last night. And we see a similar sort of game script to what we saw when Washington played Boston a few nights ago.
0: And Alex, if the Hawks uh, do run away with this, as Josh is projecting, that's a great thing for the overs. Whether it's a game over, maybe a team total over, what are you looking at?
1: you guys know it's a team total over for me and (laughs) a lot of that is i'm with you kate this has over written all over it i mean i wasn't very good maybe try that again later anyway I, i look at my numbers it was about five or six points honestly above this total these hawks totals have been nuts they just without john collins on the floor they just have no interest in playing defense without bogdanovich coming off the bench to slow things down these games just turn into a track meet and Not that Washington can't score enough points to get this over, but showed a little bit more of an edge on this Hawks team total. And as I start to look at the Wizards, I mean, really just above their head last night. 55% for the field, 40% from three-point land. Not that they can't do that again tonight, but I I don't feel the need to bet on it. So just give me the team total instead of the full game. All
0: right, Alex playing team total. Josh is playing the Atlanta Hawks minus, uh, well, those are the Celtics. Spoiling our next picks. Hawks minus 10 for Josh here. Well, now we know. Celtics and Bulls, our next game we're going to talk about. And Josh and I, both on the same side in this one. Celtics minus 7 in Chicago. Totals 223.5. Josh, why do you like the Celtics tonight? You're muted, Josh.
2: Apologies. Uh, I like them because they're playing Chicago. That's (laughs) a pretty good starting point. The Bulls just terrible against any top tier opposition at the moment and have been for quite some time now. I don't think that changes. Um, you know, I think this is a game obviously the Celtics need to win if they're serious about, you know, maximizing their potential seeding options and then trying to push for that two seed in particular. I think the one seed probably out of reach now, Miami should have that one sewn up. Um, but, you know, they do have Milwaukee on deck. I don't think that's necessarily a distraction. I think all games are of equal value to this team right now um you know so you're going to get a fair effort and they're going to be locked in and engaged in this one i you know you do see brown and tatum as probable there's no reason for either of those guys to sit so yeah ultimately if we do get a fair effort from the celtics it's going to be more than enough in my opinion to cover this number against a bulls team who themselves are flailing and probably just have cleveland to thank for the fact that they are going to be in the play in themselves because the Cavs are just much worse than they are somehow at the minute um, but things, you know, very much fallen apart for Chicago defensively. I don't think that they're going to be able to contain Boston's wings. And, you know, the other side of Boston's defense is just far too elite for Chicago to be able to, I think, keep pace in a game where there should be a lot of points as well. I think this is going to be played at a decent enough pace, uh, in my opinion. So if Boston do push it a little bit, I think that they score pretty much at will. And ultimately down the stretch of the game, Chicago legs might start to fade a little bit. Trying to deal with this defense, I don't see them being able to keep up. I kind of come out with this one closer to an eight, to be honest. Maybe I'm over-adjusting a couple of things a little bit too much for Chicago. But, you know, I'm comfortable with that as well. I'm more than happy to, to keep fading the Bulls in these situations against teams who are quite simply much better than them.
0: Yeah, against teams that are in the top fourth of the league, the Bulls are just terrible. They're 1-10 ATS against in their last 11 games against teams with a winning percentage over 600, and... You know, they just shut Lanza Ball down for this season. It kind of feels like, while the wheels have been falling off for quite some time, they're finally kind of off. And the Bulls feel deflated. They haven't been playing all that great. They're on a back-to-back after getting whomped by the Bucks last night. And their offense has been really bad. They need to turn their offense around if they want to have a good postseason run. But this isn't an, exactly a game where this is like a get-right spot for your offense against a Boston defense that is this good. And one of the strengths of this Boston defense is defending isolation, which is a lot of what Chicago does with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. So I just don't see the Bulls really having much success tonight and even really being able to keep this one close. So I will also lay the points with the Celtics. Alex, Josh touched on this total here, Two twenty-three and a half. and a half. He thinks this could be a fast-paced game, maybe looking at an over here. What are your thoughts on the total?
1: total, I lean towards the over. You look at the Celtics without Robert Williams, the defense is not quite as good. It's still elite, but, you know, just takes things down just a little bit and gives teams a little more of an opportunity to attack. So I think there'll be a lot of points tonight. Overall, I actually came out the same number with Josh. I have this eight. You know, one of the things I like to do, I try to figure out. So if eight in Chicago is correct, you're looking at about 11, maybe 12 in Boston with this game. So... Feels about right, honestly, given, you know, kind of what's left of the Bulls here towards the end of the season. So number looked just about right to me, kind of leaned towards the over, but happy to let this one go.
0: Do either of you know I'm just putting you on the spot here because I don't know the answer to this. Off the top of your head, what the spread was when the Bulls played in Boston last?
2: Please hold. Uh, Not off the top of my head, no, but I think it was about this number from memory. Boston probably about a minus six, six and a half at home.
0: Okay. Well, Alex, while you uh, continue to look, we will move on to some questions here. Josh and I both play in the Celtics tonight, minus seven in Chicago. Questions here for us. Celtics minus two and a half first quarter. Bulls have been starting very slow. What do we think about that angle, Josh?
2: Yeah, I I couldn't really talk you off that one, honestly. I think the the only sort of caveat to that being that Chicago's best effort is probably going to come in this first quarter. Um, given the situation and the spot that they're in, they're, you know, going to be competitive early on. And ultimately, if Boston's able to sort of you know, ride the storm, if you will, and really assert themselves in that opening frame, then that's when this one could get out of hand. And that's why I think the greater value lies in a full game situation rather than a first quarter. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, the, the matchup advantages, the statistical profile still exists. So all those edges are still there for Boston to to come out and cover that small number. Um, again, it purely just comes down to the fact that I think that that's when Chicago's likely to play their best basketball in this situation. So, if they do, then I'm happy to you know catch the other three quarters where they're not quite so great, and Boston's able to put that separation over the course of a full game.
0: Yesterday against the Bucs, Chicago did start off pretty well for 10 of the first 12 minutes of that quarter. <laughs> I think uh, the Bucks kind of took over towards the end there, but. Uh, Chicago did show quite an effort in the beginning. And same with the Lakers yesterday against the Suns. I mean, that was their best quarter. They came out firing. So as much as we have been finding edges within first quarter, first half um, angles right now, you do kind of have to be a little careful wondering, you know, if that's the hottest start for a team, and, and that's the best they're going to be playing all game. Alex, anything on Nets and Knicks tonight? Big New York showdown. You know the Knicks are getting up for this. This is like Tom Thibodeau's Super Bowl right
1: here. To answer your first question quickly, the last line for Celtics-Bulls, it was in Boston. The Celtics were minus 7.5. Now, this was middle of January before Boston kind of ripped through the schedule mm-hmm. and when we were all still a little bit high on Chicago. So you're looking again as we talked about, you know, it's minus seven in Chicago's probably minus 11 or so in Boston, About a three and a half, four point adjustment, which makes about s- sense through the season. Now Nets next kind of like the Nets here tonight, uh, one of my favorite angles, uh, some of these back to backs, I think get a little bit overvalued, if you will, for the team, the other team, the Nets were in Brooklyn last night. They have to go to Manhattan tonight. That's fine. <laughs> like that's, they were probably going to practice or do something tonight. Anyway, I'm not particularly worried about that rest spot. The Nets are laser focused. winning games and trying to stay in that 7-8 game versus the 9-10 game, so I I have this closer to 7 or 8, but just been a little nervous with the Nets, and it's been so hard to figure this Knicks team out. Again, you think they'd be tanking towards the end of the season now that nothing matters, but even without Randall, whether he's playing or not, it looks like he'll be out tonight, I believe. And it's just a hard team to put my finger on, and the Nets continue to flub games like this, honestly. So I, I like the Nets. I'd maybe lay the point. Maybe look at like an alt spread at a better price because
2: there is a chance Brooklyn just kind of you know it flubs it, if you will. Josh, any
0: other thoughts?
2: I like the Nets in this spot as well. I mean, a chance at a series sweep against the Knicks, which they did last season as well. I think it's six straight wins now against the Knicks uh, in this, if you want to call it a rivalry, it's a little bit lopsided. Um, but, uh, you know, I, th- I think everything lines up for Brooklyn to to come out and basically throttle them here. Every game so far this season has been played extremely close. I think two of the wins were by a single possession, the other one by about five points um you know and the lines sort of showing reflecting i guess the tight-knit competition between the teams but there's a lot of variables in all of those games that kept it close i think in my opinion um you know some bad schedule and travel spots for brooklyn some you know situations where they didn't have kd available on the floor to go with you know basically anyone else of, of no kyrie also missing a game there and they still managed to get the win so you get all of these things but you get all these guys back you get a situation where the schedule spot isn't as bad as people are making out just because they're on a back-to-back like alex said it's it's down the road really i mean I, i'm not from new york but i know it can't be that far um so ultimately I, I like laying the points here with the nets i think it's probably the right look here it's something i probably will dive into a little bit more now that the market seems to have over adjust, over adjusted um i think for the situation and probably giving new york a little bit too much credit here even though those young kids are balling out I will admit they do look quite good and giving more minutes to Emmanuel quickly and to Obi Toppin is certainly paying dividends to an extent and I guess bringing some sort of feel-good factor back to New York to finish off a pretty disappointing season and maybe give them some sort of sense of direction going forward but yeah in a matchup like this I think they're going to be pretty overpowered and you know once things start to get out of hand I'm not quite sure they can steady the ship inside this 48 minutes.
0: Josh, you're telling me as someone who lives in Australia, you're not familiar with the New York boroughs and all the geography of where everything is in the city?
2: No more than an hour drive. It's crazy. (laughs) I figured. No more than an hour drive sounds about right. That's kind of the the number (laughs) I just put towards anything and everything, right? Yeah. All
0: right, last question here. Suns and Clippers, big reverse line movement. Uh, I'm not sure money-wise where everything has been in terms of reverse line movement, but this line has flipped completely it opened at clippers plus three now it is suns plus six and a half over at bet us suns are resting pretty much everyone uh, Yeah. chris paul's out dander ayton's out jay crowder's out devin booker's out the Suns. this is kind of the suns are just punting this one right
1: exactly it's, it's the perfect example of how dangerous reverse line movement can be if there's a game where a ticket and money count you know to take a step back, when you look at a lot of these stats, they show you the total money and the total ticket count for the day. That doesn't matter. That's not useful information unless you know when that money's coming in and when those tickets are coming in. You don't actually know what the balance is here in a particular game like this where the line moved to Clippers opened the money line ran around plus 118, plus 115 at Pinnacle. Again, a really sharp book, and it's now down to minus 238. I don't care what the ticket count or the money count is. The Suns announced their entire team out halfway through today. Skip it. Don't worry about it. This is a perfect <laughs> example of when not to look at some of that stuff.
0: Pretty so much. Suggest <laughs> you play on the Clippers. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. That. Do whatever
2: you want. Hopefully, you bet them this morning. Congratulations. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think I think hopefully my last my vast majority of you guys were able to get on uh, this one before. Obviously, all the markets shifted. I think there was an inkling that this might happen for Phoenix. They had that big win against the Lakers. They broke the franchise record. You know, there's no reason for them to be exhausting themselves in situations like this when they have the one seed wrapped up. They got what they wanted. The, you know, the icing on the cake per se with that win against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's every chance there are no show here, but you know, now you've missed the boat if you were hoping to get involved in, at that point. I just don't think that there's any value. You just skip the game and leave it.
0: Yep. Good advice. All right, let's take a look at our best bets for the day. Just a couple. Josh and I both play in the Celtics minus seven. Alex and Josh both on the Pistons. And obviously, Alex has to mix in a team total here for the Hawks. And Josh playing the Hawks uh, minus ten. Hopefully tonight is a better night for us, gentlemen. We need a little bounce back, maybe a get right spot for us, to use uh, terms without <laughs> how it's used, right? Good spot for us uh, here tonight.
1: I like it. Let's do it. Yeah, well,
2: it's on.
0: We would love it if you would um, uh, head over to Twitter. Give us all a follow. Alex is at underscore nukes, Josh is at punt underscore school. I'm at Kate Constable. Also go ahead and hit that little alert button so you know when we're going live. And we will see you back here tomorrow. Have a good night.